everyone and welcome to the Genius Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about the interesting topic of the two systems. So um, if any of you are familiar with Daniel Kahneman's book, Thinking Fast and Slow, you'll be very familiar with this idea of two internal systems that we have um, in the way that we use our brain and the way that we think. And the basis is that we have two main systems. So we have thinking fast and we have thinking slow. And so what I want to cover is just some of the um, points and overview of this and maybe why we think in this way and then particularly how we can actually start to use this in a very systematic way in the way that we organize our days, maybe our home lives, maybe our decision making um, and just help you be that little bit more organized um, and structured in the way that you work. So to start off, to explain the two systems, so um, Daniel Kahneman wrote the book Thinking Fast and Slow, and in there he talked about thinking in system one type thinking, which is really fast, and system two type thinking, which is thinking particularly slow and slightly more methodical and slightly more strategic. So I wanted to just sort of outline what these two sort of systems are and give some examples of what they might be in your sort of daily life. So first off, sort of thinking fast is the sort of characteristics of this type of thinking is sort of these sort of low-risk decisions, these sort of quick things that you don't really need to deliberate too much. The answer is pretty obvious. Um, they're usually pretty individual, so it's specific to you uh, and you alone. It doesn't really have a knock-on or any sort of collaborative responsibility with other people um, they tend to be fairly routine decisions so like thinking like what to have for breakfast or like what time to leave for work they're kind of really quick fast decisions that you can make and they're usually built into your routine anyway so there may be slight adjustments to a preset routine that you already have um, they tend to be fairly tactical so like in the moment very quick sort of one-step processes so something comes up you need to make a decision you need to take action um, these are the more sort of tactical style um, thinking and decisions that you need to make and they're usually quite reactive so something comes up um, you need to make a quick decision and you you make that decision and you carry out the action slow thinking on the other hand is slightly different in the sense that it's usually um, associated with something that's quite high risk there's probably a degree of like risk reward calculation needs to happen with this there's usually sort of an assessment of um, there are things at stake with this decision um, there could be repercussions negative um, uh, sort of repercussions that could happen as a result of it so it's definitely worth thinking about the, the the risk factor involved and then that will dictate how much time you want to spend thinking about it and this is where the slow thinking usually this deliberation over something that is quite high risk or a big decision comes in. Um, a group decision as well, so group decisions, those that involve other people, so maybe it's a collaborative thing, maybe it's you, um, you know, in, in partnership in a couple, you're trying to think, okay, like what's the best thing to do here, or it involves other individuals or decision making on behalf of other individuals, so maybe you have elderly relatives, parents, uh, maybe staff, things like that, that you need to make decisions that are going to have a group um, effect or an impact. Um, they're usually fairly sort of ad hoc, they're not the routine systems um, uh, sort of systematic routine things that you do they're more of these ad hoc unknown unforeseen things that come up and they do there isn't really a preset pattern for how you deal with these or preset um, priorities as to what you know what you're going to do first and how you're going to deal with that the other thing as well that these will be fairly strategic so they won't be tactical in the sense that something just happens and you have to deal with them it's sort of that foresight that planning ahead that big picture view that creative thing so any creativity is creating something that didn't exist before so um, thinking about things maybe in your business or at home or you know is this the right house to buy for example or is even is this the right cooker that we should buy and replacing the old one um, all of these kind of things are slightly more future set you need to think ahead and think does this actually meet the needs not just now 
but also in the future. Um, and the other thing is they're quite proactive. So similarly to the sort of thought about them being strategic, they're proactive. You're sort of having to think ahead of multiple scenarios in your head and you're running those scenarios to see what is the what is the best option here? What is the best thing for me to do? And this isn't a fast process. This is definitely a slow process. Um, and so when we're thinking about this in terms of our sort of lifestyle and thinking about decisions that come up every single day, what you want to try and do is think about, am I, is this something that I need to spend time? Is this a fast decision that I can make? Is this system one type thinking or is this system two slow type thinking? And even breaking down and creating, carving out time for that slow type thinking. Um, otherwise, you know, there's, there's other things that it's, it's called sort of like deep work and things like that. Um, those kind of things, it does involve you to carve out a period of time to actually do that slow thinking, to give yourself the time and the space to actually think through these problems. The fast ones will kind of take care of themselves. That's what they're there, they're built for. Um, but the slow ones definitely try and carve out some more uh, more time for that and they're far more complex and they involve far more inputs to actually have a better outcome, a better decision come out from that kind of thinking. So this sort of gives you the definition of the two and then what I wanna dive into next is thinking about how this shows up maybe in a work environment, for example. So to give you some example with system one, system two type thinking, um, fast kind of tasks are these sort of like responding to very um, easy to respond to emails, it's answering calls. Again, think about it, it's very tactical. A call comes in, you can answer it, um, and, uh, make a decision on the call and then carry out the action that needs to happen. Either that's telling, giving somebody some information that they needed or dealing with something or the outcome of it might be an action you need to carry out after the call. Um, dealing with these sort of media everyday tasks is sort of quite nice and quite good and you can just sort of get through them. Um, so, you know, attending meetings, signing off this, signing off that, dealing with that. Um, all of those sort of very sort of easy, fast, actionable um, tasks are going to fall within that sort of fast system one thinking um, this side of your brain is certainly wired more for, or not side of your brain, but this sort of part of your brain and these kind of type thinking decisions are really going to be driven by these quick wins. It's very heavily um, entwined in that sort of dopamine loop of like feel good hormones that come when you do something. Um, and so it's going to be, you're going to crave those sort of quick wins, that dopamine hit from completing it, that dopamine hit from responding to an email, that dopamine hit from responding to a message, dealing with that quick win, that quick problem um, and getting that little hit after it. So do be aware that you can get caught in that cycle of these um, at the expense sometimes of the slow thinking because there is an immediate reward because there is that quick win and that boost of dopamine that you get um, and they tend to be more your sort of easy routine tasks as well so these are where your habits play a part in this and, and what you'll find is to a degree some of the system one thinking if you do it frequently enough over time it will become a habit sort of an unconscious habit that you just do um, or something that you return to in times of difficulty that you want to go back to because it delivers those quick wins so do be aware of those kind of fast um, system one type thinking um, decisions and problems that you solve um, and then thinking about the slow side of things so the system two type thinking so this is your creative problem solving so this is maybe a tricky customer inquiry or maybe your um, services business and you're trying to put a package of things together for a client um, and that's cre involving creative problem solving you need to be creative you need to be coming up with ideas you need to be listening taking in a lot of inputs, taking in a lot of information from the client, from the person, whatever it is that they want, and trying 
trying to build something for them and that can take a lot of time and that needs to have protected time carved out for you to be able to do those kind of things. Um, improvement implementation is another one of these sort of slow type things. So when we're trying to develop our businesses and grow them maybe, um, or even in our lives, we're looking at making improvements and implementing them into our lifestyle, maybe better routines, habits, exercise, better, more quality time with our families. This kind of planning those things out and when you're going to be doing them is going to cause, you know, it's going to be more of a slow type thinking. You've got to take a lot of inputs in. You've got to look at your diary already, what you have going on already. You've got to look at the other things that other people want as well and try and create a sort of plan for that. So these sort of planning style tasks and decisions and thinking is also going to fall into that slow system two type thinking. And then collaborating with your team. So whether your team is at work, if you're a manager or whether it's at home with your family, you know, typical things that can sort of be slow type thinking is sort of planning out your weeks and deciding, okay, who's doing what where, who needs to be at what club when, um, you know, what are we having for dinner on Tuesday? Uh, when are we going to go and see granny? Like all of these sort of things, you're having to collaborate with other people's diaries, you're having to factor in other people's um, priorities and diaries and schedules and trying to come up with a plan of like what you're going to be doing. Um, Again, big family decisions, you know, maybe about choosing a school or whether we're moving house or anything like that. There's going to be these sort of slow type thinking and you want to carve out more time to have a prolonged period of time in that type of thinking so you can actually devote the cognitive energy and fuel towards actually figuring out those problems and making sure you've covered and factored in all of the things that are pertinent to that decision to make sure that it is the best decision. Because again, these are going to be these high risk big decisions, these big strategic decisions that you want to take um, the time to do the due diligence and to also take the time to really process and have a think and have a look at. Um, so that can be something when you're collaborating with other people, um, you know, with your partner, family, team, whatever it might be, to, to get the best outcome there. So there's going to be a degree of complex communication going on there as well. And that is slow type thinking, that is problem solving, that is going through a methodical process. Um, long-term planning, again, folds in with that. So sort of that long-term strategic planning, looking at how you're going to execute something that you've set an intention towards and actually breaking that down and actually deciding who's going to do what. Delegating is definitely a slow type, uh, system two type thinking because you have to think about whose best skill set is for that. It's not an easy tick box exercise. It's more of a complex exercise. Um, so these difficult complex tasks that have multiple inputs, multiple things to consider will always be a slow system two type thinking task. So that gives you an overview and some examples of how these fall into there. Hopefully you have a degree of clarity over maybe some of the things in your life that are falling into both of these sides of things um, and seeing like you know how can you actually make sure and think about am I in system one just now am I in system two um, a really great analogy as well for breaking these two down is a fast decision is um, you know what's two times two and you know what that is, it's four. But if I asked you what 72 times six is, you'd have to go away and have a think about it. So at the same time, when you're given problems to solve and you're giving decisions to make, think about it. If there's a pause and there's a bit of deliberation needs to happen, you're probably going to need to engage your system too. Um, if it's a very quick response and you kind of immediately know the answer and you think that that's the best answer and the best outcome, then it's more of a system one type. Um, and it really has a lot to do with, with complexity as well. So do bear that in mind when you're thinking about these things. 
Now, something to be very, very aware of, um, and I want to cover is like how you, now you have this knowledge, how do you actually use it? Because you know what I'm all about. It's, you know, the concept of something is fine. We can conceptualize something. You probably all got system one, system two, and you're like, yeah, okay, got it, Nick. Now what do we do? So what I want to talk to you about is, okay, how do we use this then? So the first one is to identify where it falls. So are you doing sort of system one type tasks or system two type tasks? And thinking about your days and thinking about carving out time to make Make sure that the system one type tasks, which remember are, you know, they fall into that dopamine loop that is very, very attractive, which is the same thing that causes us to be addicted to technology and addicted to, you know, distraction and procrastination. So it's a very, very powerful, um, phys- you know, psychological um, habit that you can get into is going after those dopamine hits, which are usually the system one. But we all know the big decisions that actually have a huge impact on our lives are actually the ones that fall into system two. And that strategic planning and that long-term view and that complex problem solving and that collaboration with others usually gains a benefit but it's in the future and so one way that you can make sure that system two actually does get the time and the concentration is to promote focus and to make sure that you do create periods of time in your diary when you actually get time to focus on those specific things and this is where you would use the tool protected time and I've talked about this quite a few times in my podcast Um, you know carve out periods of protected time to do that deep thinking that deep work that system two type work where you're actually thinking a lot slower you're factoring in all of the things that to be considered you're maybe having it might be that you need to have various different meetings about it with different people if it's something to do with your work or if it's something to do at home you maybe need to have several sit downs with your partner to decide you know are you going to move to this other house is this the house you want to go to you know is it um you know looking at the financial side of it can you afford it can you get the mortgages for that is that going to be the one is that is it got enough garden space has it got enough space you know all of these things that you want to take the time with um, and really deliberate over properly and give it the due time time and concentration and attention that it requires, carve out a protected time slot for it. So look at your diary and think, okay, I've got all of these things I need to do. um, And this is all to do with maybe moving house, for example. And you need to make a decision like, where do you want to be? What's the schools like? What's all of these different things? Is it easy commuting distance? Is it going to have problems with getting the, you know, getting the kids onto the school bus? That kind of stuff. There's a lot of information that needs to be collated together for you to make a decision on that and to actually do the proper slow thinking and going through all of that information. So round up all of the information that you need, create the time to be able to round up all the information and then put a period of time in your diary, a protected time slot, you know, an hour of time to sit and just process and go through all of that. Trying to do that in amongst all of the other things of life, you're not going to give it the due concentration and focus that you need to, to be able to actually make the right decision. So taking that time and taking that, um, space and creating that protected time slot is a really, really great way to activate these two types of thinking. So your system one, your system two type, your system two, you definitely want to be doing that in protected time slots in an environment where there aren't distractions. You're not going to get interrupted. Remember about attention residue. So remember every time you you get distracted, you're going to get up to 20 to 25 minutes of lost focus before you can return back to the level of focus where you're at. Now, if these are big decisions, these are big strategic collaborative decisions, they're complex enough as it is, without your focus being taken away and your attention being taken away um, and get you thinking about something else at the same time. Like we talked about with the organized guide, I talked about this, um, you know, your attentional bandwidth, your attentional um, like residue that you actually have, you know, your actual attention that you can have at any one point on any particular task. Um, if you're distracting that and pulling that away, you're not going to be able to concentrate fully on the complex problem that sits in front of you. 
The other thing with reducing distractions is our brain doesn't really like sitting in system two huge amounts of time, okay? It loves novelty. It loves that dopamine hit. It loves that achievement. And these this type of thinking is more longer term. There isn't always an immediate reward at the end of that protected time block. You won't have an outcome. You won't have a clear action. It might be you need to keep going and finding more information. That's kind of exhausting because it's like doing something without a reward. But in the future, that's going to, you know, pay dividends in the long run. You're going to have that long range view. You're going to have factored in all of those decisions. And in the future, hopefully that's going to benefit you. But what we want to think about is do remember that your brain is going to go after novelty. Your brain is going to want to have that dopamine hit. So there is going to want to be some sort of need to go after those system ones. It's going to want to be distracted um, to get that dopamine hit. So can create a space where you're not going to be distracted, maybe go into a conference room where you're not going to be bothered by things or, at your, you know, away from your desk or if it's at home, you know maybe create a space or go for a walk or go somewhere where there's not going to be too many distractions where you can sit and have those conversations sit and make those decisions about things um, and create that protected time literally protect it you know protect it from distractions create it to be an environment that's going to promote focus and help you concentrate because do hear me in this one your brain's going to want to wander off and do something more fun because it's going to view the present moment as not quite as fun as it could be but in the long run it's going to serve you so much better so do do think about that that you and know yourself that that is probably going to happen so create an environment that's going to promote the focus and enable you to concentrate a couple of other great tips for this can be you know thinking about using this um you know think about when are the best times when are you most creative when do you have your best ideas when are you most alert when are you most energized and do your slow thinking then now a lot of us go into the workplace and we sit straight down our emails and that is like case 101 of exactly those kind of fast system one type things that giving that immediate dopamine reward so try and maybe come into the office and maybe don't go to your emails first of all go into something that's a slow thinking process go into something that's maybe a creative problem solving that you need to maybe more long-range tasks that you need to do dive into that first um, and try and get into that mindset of using some slow thinking first off before you jump into the fast thinking um, another thing when you're sifting through your emails when you finally do sit down to check them think about even when you're going through your emails think like is this a fast uh, a fast system one type email or is this a slow system two type email and that can be a way of sifting when you're going to deal with them and then again create a batch of time a protected time block where you're going to go through your slow emails and you're going to deal with them in a methodical um, engaged and immersed and focused uh, mindset so you can get through those and actually do them the justice and spend the time with them the fast ones get them off your plate great but the slow ones carve out a separate period of time where you're going to dive down if you, even if you flag them or whatever it is that you do color code them and then just methodically work through those when you're in a real focused concentrated state and immersed in that the other thing that you can do with your slow thinking is how to prepare for them. So make sure that if you're going to go into a slow thinking period of protected time about a particular thing, that you have all of those pieces of information. So if it is, for example, you've got a big team meeting and you're wanting to go over and brainstorm through maybe some marketing for the next three months or whatever it might be, or your long-term plans for the next six months for the business, or even 12-month plan, think about how can we prepare to be most prepared for the slow thinking. So slow thinking isn't necessarily digesting the information. So maybe you could circulate the information to the team like the day before or two days before the meeting and have the meeting be that slow thinking, that deep, complex, strategic, collaborative, 
conversation rather than the imparting of information to start off and then diving into it. And that can be incredibly efficient because what that's going to do is by giving the information before the meeting, it's going to start engaging people thinking about it. So if they read it two days before, they've got 48 hours of just processing and thinking and oh yeah we could do that in the future and we could do that in the future and I'll write down those notes and I'll come prepared and so you're you're creating a sense of immersion into that slow period of thinking um where you can actually people have got activated things they've got ideas coming forward they've got things energized so you've you're creating that immersion you're creating that engagement that's going to really help have the best outcome possible um so that that's a really great there's just a few ways like day to day in your work um but you can apply these equally at home um definitely something that i do if i have something that i really need to like complex problem solving i've also worked a method and a way that i work best so when i'm creating the guides for example for for the for the genius community um I, I can't sit and just sort of brainstorm it off so what i do is i get a big piece of a3 paper and i just brain dump all of the things i know about a particular topic in there and try and think i don't try and go for the order first i try and just get the information down and i pull all of my articles that i've read and i pull articles i've written and i pull like information that i've got from things and i pull out books that i know about and i i get that st- that stuff activated in my mind I get me thinking about that particular topic and then what I do is tend to go out for a walk and then when I go out for a walk what happens is those things sort of percolate through and other thoughts come up I make sure I have my phone with me on airplane mode but I I drop down little notes oh yes that book and I could remember that chapter from that book and that research that I read about that pull all this stuff together and then when I come back and I'm looking at my big brain dump I add the extra things in and then I start breaking it down into the next stage which is breaking it down into a structure that's going to make sense for people so sometimes you can find yourself procrastinating about system two type tasks because they are bigger they are slightly more overwhelming and they do have a complexity to them which your brain is going to go oh do I have to do that I'd rather do a system one type thing it's far more fun and I get a dopamine hit at the end of it very very quickly sometimes breaking these tasks down into these little things so again for me with that situation going for a walk is my reward okay but it also serves to help the immersion and help the activation of the information come forward as well and so that actually helps me be more productive when I come back and it actually helps me feel more motivated when I come back to the task as well so you might think of analogies like this that you have you know in your work and your personal life so think about breaking these things up and and putting a little bit of a reward or a break in between and really seek immersion in the task um, and that'll really help your focus as well so hopefully that's given you a few tips about system one system two type thinking um it's really really fascinating when i found out about this it really revolutionized the way that i worked it revolutionized the way revolutionized the way that i kind of structured my days as well um and when i'm working with other people i really like to sort of educate them on this and get and get that um understanding of these principles because it really does show up in a lot of ways and um, a lot of the modern workplace practices and even our lives generally um is very much system one type and we don't really dive into the detail that much and maybe if we a little bit more time to just be a little bit more slow and take a little bit more time to process information a little bit better um there could be this opportunity to unlock certain different creative options or different things or have a bit more of a long-term view and could really really benefit us both professionally and personally so i hope that's been really really useful as always i love to hear all of your comments any thoughts um any ideas of any other topics you'd like me to cover anything that you're struggling with now um that would be really useful for me to help you with um please just drop it in the comments i love to hear from you guys or drop us an email um and uh, so i hope that's been helpful and i hope you're all having a fantastic week
Hi everyone, so I'm just here to tell you a little bit more about the Genius Journals. Um, you've probably heard me mention them a few times in the podcast, so I thought I would just give you a bit of an overview of what it's all about. So basically, it is a foundational course in bite-sized manageable daily lessons where I teach you what I call the how skill set. This is a series of tools, skills, insights and knowledge that's going to help you take an idea and turn it into an executable action. Reason being for this is because I've seen it so many times people go to events and read books and listen to podcasts and go to great lengths to learn loads and loads and loads of things and then never actually implement any of it. So what you'll learn in the journals is exactly how to do this. In addition to that, we've got a wonderful online community. We've got lively video calls. We also do a weekly workshop and we just got that group support from a really supportive community of people who are also doing exactly the same thing, um, pursuing their dreams, making change happen um, and supporting others along the way. So if you're interested at all, click the link in the show notes and we look forward to meeting you soon.